0: I see a thing behind the wall. I'm so afraid it's going to fall. is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Howdy, folks, it's another episode of Scaring is Sharing. It's the place where we get together to share our scares with each other
1: and you. The listener. Hi, Jeremy. Hi. Brandy it's Joe. episode 80. It 80 is 80. 80, 80,
0: 80 freaking episodes.
1: And like every 10 episodes, we do something very special. But first,
0: I'm Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk.
1: And I'm Brandy Joe, the flaming Scream Queen Planback. But more excitingly, so, dreams are coming true today. The stars have aligned. Mercury may be in retrograde, but good things still happen in the world.
0: Isn't Mercury always in retrograde?
1: No, it's not, because lots of times when I think it is, I look it up and it's not, but it is right now. I feel
0: like everybody always says that, so everyone doesn't know what they're talking about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but it is right now. And my all-time favorite podcast is It's Only a Podcast, and we happen to have the two hosts from that here today, and we're very excited. We have the merchant of Menace, Christian Estabrook, and the Crypt Keeper himself. Ian Nichols. Hello, gentlemen. How are you?
2: Hello. 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 Good evening. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, oh my God. The first time I wrote into your podcast, it was a poltergeist, a post on a poltergeist Instagram, and you read it, and I was on a walk, and I about shit myself. I was
3: so excited. (laughs) What was it? Do you remember what that post was about? I do.
1: I do, because you were doing the Overkill series. It was Mm -hmm, about part three, and I wrote in because I was like, I can't believe you didn't mention that the first poltergeist was PG, and you were both like, poltergeist, we don't like that movie. <laughs> that's what I was gonna that. say. I
2: was like, that's an auspicious beginning to like the correspondence between us. I think that's like our least popular overkill series we've ever done. That's so and he and I were done pretty quick with that series. Once we got to the poltergeist sequels, not a
1: you lot know, there for us. That
3: was, that was the end of it. That was the end of that.
1: But your podcast is amazing. I've listened to Thank it you. so much, and I just find you both very charming. I can relate with both of you Thank at you. some points. And we also have very different viewpoints, which, I mean, that that's what makes things exciting, you know? Yep, absolutely. Yep. But for anybody who's not familiar with, with your podcast, tell us a little bit about it.
2: Uh, we're a podcast about horror movies old, uh, New, old, obscure, classic, and trashy. I don't have the script in front of me, so I had to go from memory. <laughs> uh, so we try and cover a little bit of everything. We always talk about a new movie and an old movie. That was a big thing for Ian and I once we started, because uh, there's a lot of horror podcasts that try and keep up with everything on a weekly basis. But uh, it was clear for from our kind of initial conversations, we wanted to talk about old movies as well. So we do a lot of series, a lot of retrospectives. We do genres, uh, possessions, slashers. Universal Monsters. Um, what was the name of the queer series we did, Ian? I don't want to mess it up because if I flip the words, it sounds really I, know, bad. I guess
1: everything you have nothing to fear but queer itself or something like that.
3: Yeah, nothing One to of those. queer but fear itself, there you I go. think. Yeah, yeah. One we of the like, ways it sounds better than yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, we uh we've been doing it since uh Halloween, what, 2015, Ian?
3: Yeah, that sounds right. 2015, seven years. Almost. Yeah.
2: That is insane.
3: Yeah.
1: So could each of you tell us just a little bit about yourselves and then we'll get into like a little bit about what you like about horror movies and then into like the podcast itself. Does that sound good? Yeah.
3: That so Ian, great.
1: why don't you start and could you also give us your pronouns if you would be so kind and then just give us a little fun little bio about yourself?
3: Yeah, he, him. Uh, A thirty-six-year-old single man who loves walks on the beach. No, um, (laughs) I I don't love walks on the beach because sand gets in your fucking shoes. (laughs) Anyway, um,
0: and you might get murdered. But we're gonna and you might get murdered. Get into that later. Exactly. Exactly. Topical.
3: Let's see. I'm, I'm trying to like bio myself into like the podcast context here, but like. For everyone who ever went to a liberal arts college and got a liberal arts degree, you'll understand that after you study, say, I don't know, religion, in college You'll come out the other side of it Working in finance And starting a horror movie podcast <laughs> <laughs> That That's what happens And then you leave the Midwest <laughs> To follow your dreams
0: Yep That's you know I'm still You're, in the Midwest though So
3: Oh I'm so sorry No but it's I, not bad It's not terrible
0: But I studied film And then you know Doing oh, things Okay and Now I have a horror movie podcast There you so go There you go Yep There's
3: there At least there's some like Linear narrative there though yeah, with any the liberal studies, arts degree
0: but... you're just like what do i do with myself
3: yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know bag groceries for a while and then figure it out um it's yeah. basically what i did no but um you know christian and i met through like kind of a sister podcast and literally our podcast started with oh should should we have a podcast about this <laughs> and it was like yeah we should okay that's literally how it was it was just like on a facebook thread we weren't even like yeah talking privately it was all public (laughs) but yeah so currently I I just have my my regular old day job in Portland Oregon and every other week I watch two or more movies and I don't know this is just like this is the thing I do outside of work that's a hobby and a passion and whatnot which is why it was so easy to say yes to your invitation to come here (laughs)
1: Yeah. and while lots of times you're boo weekly as you say right now you're weekly because you're in your overkill series with final destination yes there are.
3: exactly it has begun final <laughs> destination we you know honestly we were so surprised by how many people were into this latest overkill series. we we were just kind of like, you know what, we're doing it. And people could deal with yeah. <laughs> with us talking about this like pretty two-dimensional franchise. And then we announced the first one and everyone's like, I'm so excited. It was it's great. It's great. It is a lot more exciting. buzz
2: than even for Nightmare on Elm Street, which that's I can't. Crazy. I can't figure that's, out. I don't, that's I don't really know. Blowing, yeah. I don't know what yep. the explanation is, but yeah, people are kind of going out of their minds for this Final Destination series. We've only done uh, the first one so far, uh, but Ian and I, not even for homework, have kind of been addicted. So we've already been watching the sequels even before recording episodes. So yep. we are at peak excitement for it as well.
1: Well, Christian, now it's your turn. Tell us a little bit about who you are.
2: Yeah. So I'm out here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I grew up in California around these parts. I actually ended up almost by accident buying a house in the same city I was born in uh, 35 years ago. Uh, And I've lived all like 20 different places (laughs) since then. Uh, Moved around uh, quite a bit, but somehow got back here completely by accident. I... Uh, Grew up uh, uh, in a pretty conservative uh, household, a lot of uh, religious background, things like that. I didn't study it in college like Ian, but that does come up in our movie discussions of like, oh, you studied this religious thing. I live this religious thing. All right, let's talk. (laughs) Let's bring that into this movie discussion. So that comes up from time to time. Uh, I studied English in college, but I'm also in finance. So Go figure, uh, like like Ian, you know, backed into you know finance uh, career uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, horror podcasting. So uh, that's it. I got a, I got a couple of kids, so they keep me busy. You know, most free times watching movies, getting ready for podcasts. Also, like Ian, it's weird. Lots of lots of echo, lots of overlap, as is typical for us. I don't like walks on the beach either, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, as Anakin, you know, Skywalker once said, I don't like sand. It's just, it's just not a pleasant experience. You, you walk on the sand, if your feet get wet, then the sand gets stuck. You got sand in your shoes. So you have to, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't like it. I don't like the whole thing. I do like kind of going to the beach, but you know, standing on a boardwalk or something is ideal.
1: And what are your pronouns?
2: He, him. I apologize. Yeah, no, I didn't, didn't, no, didn't mention that at the top. If that's... you slip something else in there, uh, that's, that's no problem. But those are.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Well, thank you both for
0: that. So a big thing we do with all the guests we have on uh, and something we've analyzed in depth now, it's like our whole frickin' show is personal horror aesthetics. What mm. would you say are your. What's your personal jam what do you like most out of horror movies
1: and the vice versa i could i know a couple of yours (laughs)
0: especially (laughs)
1: ian's (laughs) well christian you start this one off
2: sure uh personal horror aesthetic uh so so like what what like me as a as a horror person that as a that type of thing yeah uh i mean as 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 we've said on the last hundred and something episodes of the podcast probably something along the lines of slashers uh is big for for me uh slasher horror movies uh sequels uh this this is one of the areas where you and i Uh, differ is I'm big on franchises and sequels and obsessive compulsive rewatches of them and (laughs) re-rankings and posting lists on Letterboxd. So that's really big for me. Since the podcast started, I'm definitely drawn to like the most emotionally Grueling experiences in horror movies, so things like what Ari Aster does, uh, Robert Eggers, things like that. Uh, you know, something I've brought up many, many times on the podcast. I'll embarrass myself here on a different podcast. Uh, the first time I saw *Hereditary*, I saw like an eleven PM screening by myself, so I get out at like one in the morning, and I'm you know driving home trying to listen to pop music because I'm literally crying driving by myself uh, to get How'd home. You listen so to?
3: do you remember what you were listening to i have to know
2: i believe well here the part that really disturbed me on top of it is at the time ian uh this was when we were doing the exorcist overkill and i was listening to the exorcist audiobook which i was not listening to on the way to the movie theater But when I turned on my car It picked up with the extras and I was like Nope no. This is not the vibe right now I do, not, I do not want this at all So I turned that off quickly I believe I switched to to Weezer And I was like Oh if I listen to Buddy Holly That I can't I can't be too scared If I'm listening to Buddy Holly uh, that, was a, that was a rough night I like tried to find something To like calm me down I was so emotional after And I was like I don't want anything scary I don't want to laugh either I want to feel no emotions So I put on Netflix And I started watching the Truman show. And for some reason that chilled me to my core. Like it, it was like, oh, this is so icky watching this. Uh, so then I just, you know, forced myself to go to bed at like two or three in the morning. Uh, anyway, that's my aesthetic, uh, messy and, and weird. Do you remember who read the Exorcist audiobook? Like, was it someone interesting?
3: You did the audiobook too, didn't you Ian? I, I started it and it's very dry. Like the guy that reads it okay. s- sounds, um, like he's bored,
2: maybe. <laughs> like... Oh no! I remember like a really deep, deep voice. Yeah, it was like yes. a like kind of a classic audiobook voice. I don't think it was anyone special. It wasn't okay. like Stephen no. Weber doing it, which is like an all-time audiobook no. narration.
0: Amazing. I wish it
2: was a female.
0: Brandy Joe's all about uh, audiobooks read by celebrities right now, so that's <laughs> yeah. like
1: that's like his jam. Yeah, because I talked about um Final Girl Support Group, and it was really awful. Adrian King read it, and she was horrible. <laughs> so I. Highly encourage you to not listen to that no <laughs> or either. hate listen to it <laughs> or hate listen. I watched it on 1.7 speed, it went by very, very quickly. <laughs> well,
3: thanks, Christian. Ian, what about you? Yeah, personal aesthetic. I mean, <clears throat> I May or may not talk about this on every episode of our podcast, but (laughs) um, I really like paranormal supernatural stuff like I am always gravitating towards what's that sound? What's that shadow? did that curtain just move, you know, like stuff like that. I love it. I, I like, I probably grew up with gravitating more towards slashers, but like, I think the older I got and probably the more I studied religion, I was like, I like gray areas and mysteries and things that don't have answers. So of course I started gravitating uh, more so to that, like paranormal side of things, but like You know, you think about like we're talking about Final Destination, easily one of my favorite franchises ever. It's not paranormal, but it is like supernatural and also in some ways like a slasher. So like there are things, you know, kind of tangential sub 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 genres that I can I can get into. But for me, it's always like give me some good shadows. Give me some creepy noises. Give me a scary face. Scary faces are scary (laughs) i dig that shit i'm not a masochist like christian i'm not i i mean i love hereditary but like hereditary is christian's aesthetic he wants to be emotionally demolished
1: (laughs) i'm right there with you i love that yeah (laughs) i love that um so I've listened, I got started on you all listening to your 666 episodes because you had been going for so long. I had like multiple years to get through and that's like what I started with. And I also listened to like your top 100. And so like, I'm very familiar with like some of your favorite movies, but I also wanted to say, I'm super grateful for you in particular for one film and that's Anguish, which I shared with Jeremy on this show because that movie is so amazing and you were very minimal in what you said about it and encouraged people to go out and watch it and i did and it is just one of the coolest fucking movies so i wanted to say thank you for that
0: and very (laughs) few people ever talk about it mention it it's like it's like a mystery movie you like question whether it actually exists or not you're like (laughs) did i actually watch that movie because nobody mentions this thing
3: i keep like checking local theaters because like in Portland because Portland is weird. That's like our thing. It's so cute that we're so weird. But like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna find that that movie is going to come here and it's going to be shown because I can't even tell you how many weird ass horror movies they've shown over the years that I've been here. And not once have I (laughs) seen it in any theater here. And that is what really makes me question the validity of its existence.
2: Lead the revival. I think we talked about on, (laughs) on that review, we were like, if we could go back and see a movie for the first time in its original run. What would we want to see? I think that one was like, oh, that would just be mind. blowing a theater, to see that would have been yeah. Oh see gosh. it in theaters like, with a, like a packed audience for the first. It would absolutely be unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. We were talking
1: about that and demons, and we recently watched um, Popcorn, and we were talking about how like those movies would be so fun to see in like a double or triple feature, just since they all take place Ooh, yeah. in a theater. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how cool that would be. So, yeah. what are some of your favorite horror movies for the folks, and including maybe like a couple that are lesser known, which is sort of how I got on the topic of of anguish. Mm-hmm. Ian, mm-hmm. kick us off.
3: Yeah. Okay. All right. On the spot here. Um, (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, you know, we've talked on our podcast many times, like The Exorcist, The Conjuring, Scream. Those are probably like, that's probably my trifecta. And then you're throwing in things like, you know, The Shining, etc. But like some of the stuff that that's probably like deeper cut that I love, uh, one of them being The Innocence which was, I think, 1960s or, and, you know, it's a Southern Gothic film having to do with some questionable children um, (laughs) and their insanity. Um, I like, I'm really glad you've talked about Anguish because that's easily one of them. Um, there's also the Uninvited in 1940s, which is a really great paranormal movie and so rare for its time too. Lots of like queer undertones as well. It's throwing in a bunch of like weird ass undertones in that movie, which is pretty great. I think even like uh, Christian just recently watched the, the Unknown, the Lon Chaney. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up because mm, I wrote that wow. down.
1: I actually illegally downloaded it because I really want to watch that too.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, and it's impossible to find. So that's what i to do. It. It's exactly. It's about like a circus,
1: right? Yes. Like a, yeah. like a sideshow yeah. performer or something. It sounds very interesting
3: yeah yeah it's it's fast it's like problematic but 1927 or 28 or something it's going to have issues but it is a truly fascinating performance and like it's actually shot pretty eerily i don't think they could make a movie like that and actually make it you know, like unsettling the way it is back then. So yeah, those are just to list a few. I mean, like, obviously I'm into this whole like horror renaissance that's come out. What with, you know, Jordan Peele and Ari Aster and Robert Eggers. I mean, like, you know, we have the, those like titans. Um, and, you know, when Christian and I made our top 100, it was like pretty top heavy for newer films within the last 10 years right i'm not talking newer films in the last like 40 years it was Mm -hmm. really top heavy in the newer films of the last 10 years and i like neither of us felt guilty about that because there's just been so much great stuff to come out recently so i could rattle off you know probably 20 that have come out in the last 10 years i would consider my absolute favorites but everyone knows what those are going to be so (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) Well, that's awesome. I, I love all of those. What about you,
1: Christian?
2: Yeah, I definitely echo a lot of the ones Ian mentioned, especially kind of in all timers. There's a lot of agreement there uh, for me, probably like kind of the go to trifecta is probably the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Exorcist, the Shining. That's probably my go to top three all time. But yeah, there's a bunch of recent classics uh the descent uh is is an all-timer for sure cabin in the woods which we're going to be talking about pretty soon on the podcast uh one that was polarizing that I'm I'm really happy we had it high on our top 100 Ian and I both loved it the year it came out was Darren Aronofsky's yes. mother yes. uh I think more often when you bring that up you get sneers rather than uh than cheers for that one but uh, Ian and I are both uh, very high on that one. And then, like, some under the radar stuff. I think there's some cult followings, but movies like The Devils. Uh, I absolutely love Ken Russell's movie. I believe that got some distribution just in like the last year or so. I think it was on shutter for a little bit, but very weird, horny, nun movie, licking <laughs> the stigmata wounds of Christ, just like weird, uh, weird energy. Uh, love that one. Uh, Possession, a uh, movie from the early 80s, uh, very, uh, <laughs> very big dramatic uh almost melodramatic but then also like creature stuff and just out there wacky performances uh that's that's another great one and uh I don't know. I, I I'm looking through your guys' films, there's some like really small ones. I, I think we may have put you onto these, but like Ian and I also bonded early on over a movie called Lyle, which is a lesbian remake of Rosemary's yeah, Baby that Ian and I famously rank higher than the original <laughs> Rosemary's Baby or infamously, maybe. I'm Not know. feeling guilty. It seems a little blasphemous, but yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, no problem. Like we have no no qualms about that uh, whatsoever. So yeah, there's a ton. yeah. We we are not as big of a fan of that film
1: we as you were all are. Not into Lyle as much as you guys so but you know that's what makes us unique yep. <laughs> sure. and i love it
0: do horror movies still scare you and it sounds like yes because you already <laughs> kind of touched on that but um you know it, did the, did if so you know hereditary did it for you so yeah uh any others come to mind
3: yeah i mean i still i still get chills when i Uh, watch certain movies and sometimes they're not even like the movie doesn't even have to be scary it'll you know it'll just be like what's creeping behind the 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 door there and I'm just like I'll still get chills it's actually I love that I am easily scared by movies I I I genuinely hope that never changes but you know the more horror movies you watch more desensitized you're gonna get (laughs) um but they still scare me to this day. I can't think of one off the top of my head recently that, you know, sent chills down my spine, but it still happens. And I'm his house did it. that for me.
1: I remember being creeped out by the Ooh, shadows after I watched his house. Yeah. It was just and what a an amazing movie. It's just so powerful. I love that. So good. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Christian?
2: Yeah, I think I get scared pretty regularly. It has to be something pretty major for it to really stick with me like hereditary did i think the only semi-recent this is 10 plus years ago now but i remember having nightmares after seeing paranormal activity for the first time uh that really got to me i saw it by myself so i had like no one to. that's i don't know for whatever reason like not being able to like Debrief afterwards and like get these thoughts out of my head that that helps it like the scares uh, stay with me. I was also still going to church at the time, so I believed in like demons and devils and being dragged away to <laughs> hell, so that, that didn't help much for me. But yeah, even you know, stuff that's not going to stick with me for you know days after, but in the moment is really scary. Like, there's random stuff like. Ian, what was that one we just did last year? Censor, mm-hmm. that one that was on the little island. There was like a creepy painting and a creepy face and a good jump scare. And it's like all caveat. sorts of creepy imagery. Died. Oh, caveat. 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 Yes. Yeah, sorry. Censor. The bunny. The, the other one. The the, the, <laughs> the slave. Yeah. The, the creepy bunny. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so caveat, like something random like that. I can't even remember the title, but I remember being uh, scared uh-huh. uh while uh-huh. watching it the first time.
1: Now, having a family does like once you had kids and things like that, like do certain movies creep you out more that didn't used to? Like, is there like this new layer of scares when it comes to like horror that
2: deals with family? Good question. I don't think think so. I mean, (laughs) I guess even recently, our last couple of episodes, we've talked about um, babies getting chopped or uh, babies in one case and fetuses in another case getting chopped up. Um, And I've been able to to (laughs) handle it all right, even as a father. So I guess I'm desensitized enough, I guess more so, I kind of synthesize the experience, whether I'm watching alone or with others of like, what could be scary for someone else? because my older son's really getting into horror movies pretty aggressively. He's 11. He he had a Scream-themed birthday party uh, three, three months ago, so he dressed up as Ghostface. Maybe that's not okay. Maybe I'll get canceled for that. I don't know. But that was around the age I, I fell in love with the movies. Uh, so, like, I kind of think about, what's the thing from that perspective that like will cross the line or whatever, because I do have some, I'm not like sitting down like, Hey, son, let's watch martyrs or whatever, (laughs) but I do have a a pretty loose uh, trigger finger with like, Hey, yeah, let's, let's give this a shot. So I more try and like think about the experience from a kid's perspective. But for me, I don't know if my tastes have changed too much uh, because of that. That's cool. Yeah. That's around when I started going to
1: the theater to see horror movies as a kid when I was like 10. So it's a perfect age.
0: Yep. And you know, next next year you can do a cannibal Holocaust birthday <laughs> themed, you know, party or something like that. There Jeez.
1: you go. <laughs> Serbian oh, film, absolutely. You know? oh, God, I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, a term you you all like to use on your podca- podcast a lot is horror which I love. You have so much good mm-hmm. wordplay. So, in regards to the horror of your podcast, you have, as we've mentioned, have been around for seven years, which is insane when we've been going for just like a year and a half, like I just cannot fathom, but also like I've had so much fun with Jeremy, like as time goes on, I have more and more fun. It becomes more and more easy. And it's just, it's like a, it's like just revisiting an old friend in a way that I always get to watch a couple scary movies a week, which is like also nice. Cause when I didn't have it, there would go stretches where I'm too Mm -hmm. busy for it and now I have to make time for it. Mm -hmm. So curious, how have you been able to maintain for so long? Like, what are, what, what are your secrets there? What's the key? What is the key? What's the skeleton key? <laughs> Christian's full, Ian, you got an like, Christian's full of secrets. I have no idea. <laughs> um,
3: no, I, I mean, you have to enjoy it, right? Like, you don't have to enjoy every single episode. You don't have to enjoy every single, you know, minute you spend editing or every single minute you spend watching a movie. But overall you know it's like uh, even when it feels you know when life is a little crazy and the podcast can start to feel like an obligation and that's that's fine like like that's that's life sometimes extracurriculars can start to feel obligatory but even when that happens you hop on to the podcast and it's fun and when it stops being fun is probably when Christian and I will stop so for 7 years it's been fun and I mean, I don't know about you, Christian, maybe you have different criteria. Maybe it's like after I cheat on you with another podcast is when, um, when, when you leave. But uh, for me, it's it like, we'll, we'll stop when we stop having fun.
2: Yeah. Ian's not on Twitter anymore. So if I find like a secret like Twitter and he's like messaging other <laughs> horror podcasts or something, that's, I'm going to be fucking out of here. Yeah, no, I think Ian nailed it. When uh, we've had that conversation a couple of times, like, are we still having fun? I think we've done that pulse check maybe like two or three yep. times, like we're having fun, right? Uh, and if we're still having fun, then we'll then we'll keep it going. And there has been times where, uh, you know, there's real life type stuff uh, that kind of creeps in. It's like, man, I don't know if I'm feeling the podcast today. And the vast majority of the time, it's usually like an an uplifter. It's like, man, I kind of needed that, even though I wasn't necessarily looking forward to it. And I don't know, I I had another podcast I've done for a couple of years, even before this. So this has been in my life for a long time. And I kind of am in that rhythm. So I don't know when I'm going to podcast retire, but like right now, like watching movies on purpose, eh, like with some kind of intentionality Mm -hmm. to it, thinking about it, processing it, taking notes checking with friends and keeping up to date with stuff. Like that is such a kind of vital part of my routine now that I don't see it going away anytime soon. And we're still having fun. That's the most important part.
0: That's awesome. Kind of already covered this one, but it was, how'd you meet? Where'd this idea come from, all that? Yeah, you
1: mentioned this this message on Facebook or this post, like what was (laughs) it? And
2: were you guys both just spouting off about horror movies and? Yeah, I I remember it like it was fucking yesterday. This is like, this is, this is a, the origin story of our podcast is probably even more interesting than the origin story of us. I don't know, maybe interesting is the wrong word, but it's meaningful to me. Uh, back when I even used Facebook still, I remember my wife was wanting to find some horror movies that she hadn't seen that were kind of a big deal or important. Like, hey, what are the musts that I've got to watch? And so I put like a question out there, like, hey, what, you know, what are some, you know, some canon movies. Where are some ones that have got to watch uh, among amongst horror movies? And you know, some people be like, "Oh, you know, watch this." Some people were mostly kind of obvious answers, throwing them out there. And then after a few comments, Ian drops in like a brick, a, a wall of text, <laughs> and it was like forty movies or something, like this huge list. And so I'm going through it, and it's like, okay, yeah, obvious, obvious, okay. I don't know if I know that one. Oh, I know that one. (laughs) Ian knows that one. And we're like going through. And I'm like, so then it kind of, we veered off from that specific question and just like, Oh, you've seen this. Well, have you seen this? Or, Oh, what did you think? Like, is this really an all timer for you? And we just kind of went back and forth and then maybe like the, that night or the next day or something. That's when Ian was like, should we just do a podcast? Like we're, we're clearly, it's very easy for us to like have a topic and then just fire off uh, all these opinions and, and thoughts and lists or whatever. Maybe we should just do this. And that was the, that was where it all started.
0: What's really incredible about that, too, is the fact that I think any Facebook interaction I ever have had with a stranger is just awful and turns into an argument. Like, it's never like, oh, cool. Let's, uh, like, you know, talk about all these cool movies. It always takes a turn at some point of like, oh, okay, you're a dick. Like, you know what I mean? So that's incredible. It
3: really is. There was a lot of good hyperbole in that conversation that we had. It was <laughs> the best. hyperbole.
1: Mm. Now you all have lots of good ideas. and I never am going to steal them completely, but like, there's definitely like, like you have correspondence and I'm like, God, I love a clever name play with something like that. So for us, we call it a terror gram and I have love one it. that I'm going to read now good. because we have, of course, oh, a mutual please. follower. It's from Teacher Drew. Aww. And he says, Oh, yay. Hey, guys. Hello, gentlemen. Congratulations on episode 80. What an accomplishment. Here's to 80 more. What a perfect way to celebrate this milestone. Four of my favorite people from my two favorite podcasts together at last. Welcome, Christian and Ian. I have a few questions for you all. Both podcasts have an interesting format. How did you each land on that format and did you have any close second choices? By now, you all know what a Marvel fan I am. Did you see the new Doctor Strange? I was intrigued by it being described as dark and horror. I loved, loved, loved it. It was a perfect combination of two of my favorite genres. I can't wait to see it again. When this episode drops, we will be on summer vacation. I hope this summer brings you all the joys you deserve. Love to you all. Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, and stay gold, Teacher, Drew, and Phoenix. What a guy. Such a
2: heartwarming just love that. A
1: wonderful guy and yeah when i the first time we heard from him i'm like wait what teacher drew and then yeah. and then he's just been awesome you know we had him on the show he's just he's such a wonderful person
3: i love it
1: um, so i was like can you please write him for this very special episode yes yes <laughs> so yes do you ha- did you have other options for how you wanted to approach your podcast because while it's evolved over time It sort of has stayed in that same vein. You sort of now always have like the two episodes, or two movies for the most part. And in the beginning it was sort of like one-offs, but did you have any other ideas? And did, how else has it evolved over time from seven years
3: ago? I don't think we talked about many other options, actually. I I think it was always going to be like new or new and old, um. And, and really what it was, what the conversation was around was how frequently we were going to do it. I think that was, that was the big one and spoiler alert, it all came down to logistics because there's not a new horror movie worth talking about every single (laughs) week. Um, Sure. There are plenty of old ones, but I, I don't know, Christian, like I, I'm thinking, you know, both of both you and I came into this podcast, having experience on two other different podcasts where, you know, the one that I had been on did two new movies and then an old movie uh, while I was on it. That was their format. And then Christian, I can't remember if you guys did the same, if it was always like new and old, but like there was an iteration that we had already had experience with that we knew worked and the the new plus old we did have we used to have like really random segments plugged in the middle in the first you know the, the early episodes we had i can't remember what we called yeah, those. it was remember? the lists and i can't i can't remember what the terror lists or something. I can't no, remember what it was. We did not call it the terror lists. <laughs> you <laughs> guys something? were too clever for I that. What it, <laughs> I can't remember.
2: I mean, we did a we did a good number of them. I can't mm-hmm. believe I don't remember what the hell we called those. I, I guess that's uh, testament to how long yeah, we've been doing yeah. this. That was, it was that was a good idea. We got rid of those. That 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 did get a little little stale. Yeah. That's really the only major change. Other than that, other than those that like mini list segment we did in the middle. The show's the same, you know, we start off, you know, a little bit of catching up, how are things going, anything anything worth talking about, you know, checking if there's any uh, listener feedback, any horror, horror respondents, we call it. Um, and that, you know, that got picked up more and more over the years. And we love that. We love when people ask us questions or take us to task on our opinions or whatever it is. That's really fun. But then besides that, you know, we talk about a new release and we talk about something old, I guess, maybe. Um, That's another kind of evolution is before we basically would just kind of trade back and forth, like Ian would pick an old movie and then I would pick an old movie, we go back and forth. And after maybe the first two years, I think, from there, we started doing themes. So we would do um, the first ones were long. We did like slashers for an entire year. So 26 episodes, we would talk about a slasher at the back half of uh, an episode. And uh, after we did a couple of those long ones, now we're doing shorter ones, um, kind of grouping ideas together. And even
3: that was utilitarian, right? Because what Christian and I, and anyone is in the habit of doing when when trying to schedule a movie that you want to talk about, um, you're going to, always gravitate towards a movie you've already seen right and so sure and then and then what happens you start running out of movies that that everyone uh, like knows and is familiar with like you you got to keep some of those like in the savings account for if you're gonna end up doing a podcast for seven years you know (laughs) and so and so like that that idea kind of came up with us talking about like okay you know we need to get into deep cuts more and start bringing up movies like anguish which we had would never yeah. have talked about if we didn't go with a theme like i i can't right. a picture a world in which we would have talked about that so that
2: yeah the themes force us to like do more research of like okay we're in this sub sub genre or sub 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 genre sometimes like where's some weird things that we can find and Sometimes we collaborate on programming though. Sometimes it's more Ian than, than myself, things like that. But I think generally we like to sprinkle in a little bit of stuff we haven't seen. Um, so it's like maybe there's no rule or anything, but I think it's usually like for those themes, maybe 60, 70% we've seen already. It's rewatches. And then there's, you know, a good chunk of brand new to one or both of us as well. Um, so that was kind of an evolution. And I think, you know, really when when planning it out, like Ian said we love horror movies, but we're not going to want to talk about new releases every damn week. And I also think too, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but back at that time, my, the other show, I do the third act podcast. We were mostly doing new releases and flexation. Uh, Ian's original podcast was also more towards new releases. And I think, I think we both had kind of started feeling like th- that's good. Like that's fun, but uh, there's m- so much un. <laughs> like unseen territory, un- unknown territory. There are more here. old
3: movies uh, than there are new <laughs> movies. <laughs> There's
2: way more, just, just a numbers game. And so I think that was like really, that was, you know, if we had like a founding document or whatever, I think giving at least equal time to old movies was like a founding principle for us. So once we had that, you know, we've, we've stuck with for the most part, the blueprint from there.
1: Yeah, Jeremy, I remember, I feel like ours centered around the name, because I remember I was looking into Scare Bears at first, but like, you're so not a bear, as much as like I fancy myself one, I'm not quite, (laughs) but I loved Scare Bears, plus I love Care Bears, but then it was always, it was all about a clever name, and then I think,
0: yeah, we were more obsessed with a name than our (laughs) actual like format, of because I I think uh, the format we have like evolved real fast in conversation, because part of our getting to know each other as horror loving friends was a constant one upsmanship of like, okay, you've seen this movie. Have you seen this movie? Oh, you haven't. Okay. Well, what about this one? And it was, we just really quickly were like, that's what we have to do is give each other movies the other hasn't seen. And that's just it. Uh, Cause you guys do so much programming stuff. I'm like, that makes my ADD brain hurt. I just, (laughs) I just pick a random movie from we have the, the list as we call it. So we we created the list. Marked off what we've seen, what we haven't seen. And we just work from there for awesome. forevermore. If it's about
1: before that. like 1985, chances are I haven't seen it. And if it's if in the last 10 years, chances are Jeremy yeah. hasn't and seen it, it. If it was made
0: after it's the perfect. 1980s, I haven't seen it probably. So Perfect. <laughs> it's
1: but what about Doctor Strange? Sounds. Have you all seen it? I know you all enjoy your marvels, right? i haven't seen
3: it because i've lost my marvels Uh, yeah
0: that's what i was just saying like i have serious marvel fatigue now
3: (laughs) i just don't want to go to the goddamn movie theater honestly
0: (laughs) i'm interested in the doctor strange though because of the sam raimi oh
3: yeah well and scarlet Witch is the best marvel superhero objectively I'm sorry, (laughs) and
2: Christian, you did see it. The correct opinion, yeah, uh, I did see it. Uh, I'm I'm still very much in uh, on the Marvel universe, the whole thing. Part of it is having kids now; they're nine and eleven, so. I mean that's you know superhero movie age right? I mean that <laughs> if they're into that that's going to be something that they're obsessed with. Only took the older kid to see it cuz the uh, the younger one uh, thought it looked too scary. Probably the right call. There is some gnarly stuff uh in in Doctor Strange too. But yeah, I was I was a big fan of it. I love Scarlet Witch as well. I loved WandaVision. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, I think, is the best actor in all of the MCU. So, um, of that's, that's all coming out here on Marvel stuff. So. Yeah. We're just going to fire them out. Hot take but after yeah, hot take. All... Uh, that's why you guys paid us the big bucks. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't like Doctor Strange at all. I don't like the first movie. I think the visuals are cool, like when they go into the different types of worlds and stuff oh, like breaks wow. and refracts and things oh. like that. That stuff's cool. But the movie is kind of boring I,
0: I don't really like it as an origin story love the first dr strange that's like one of get my favorites get of get the marvel <laughs> and i love dr strange the character so it's like, <laughs> and elizabeth olsen is like mm, no oh god wow <laughs> okay All right. we just disagree <laughs> entirely yin, sorry yin guys yin marvel yin. Not a lot Man, of agreement. Reading
2: from different scripts. Yeah. Okay. The thing I don't like about Doctor Strange at all is, and I'm not familiar, I I've, I've have I've some like comics background, but I'm not too familiar with Doctor Strange in the comics. The MCU version of Doctor Strange is a doctor, like the, the profession, a doctor a Iron Man, the doctor Tony Stark, but he has the stupid facial hair. He has the quippiness. He's like, his jokes are all in that mean spirited thing. And Tony Stark has, I cry during Avengers Endgame every time, but I still, like, my fandom of Tony Stark has only gone down in the last 15 years or however long, uh, 14 years. Uh, So I don't like Doctor Strange because he just feels so much like a Tony Stark type, and that just annoys me. Like, I don't feel like he has enough defining characteristics as himself, but the world is cool and the sorcery stuff and Wong and, like, the supporting characters, like, the stuff works, so I like I like Doctor Strange 2 way more. Doctor Strange 1 is like bottom three MCU for me. I can break out my list if you want the whole thing. It's like way, way oh. down there. Doctor Strange don't 2 is fun.
0: It looks yeah. good. No, I I, I I uh he's lost me. <laughs> if, if he's, same same he's got stuff in it down that low, there's... I'm just lost. I don't even need to hear no, the I, rest of it. I don't like it. it. <laughs> Where is it? Do you have it ranked lower <laughs> than the first two Thors? Because if you yeah, do, oh you're yeah, insane. Yeah, I like the Thor movies. You're totally insane. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: I like that. The, I, re- I rewatched the the whole thing with my Ugh. kids at uh, pandemic phase one, and I watched Thor: of The Dark World. I'm like, why does everybody hate this? This is not that bad. I, I'm here boring, for The, man. Come the on. Dark <laughs> World. It, it works. Uh, yeah, I like most of them though. I'm 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 kind of a, an easy lay for for MCU stuff. But there's a couple of things that don't really work for me: Doctor Strange, Incredible Hulk, Edward Norton, Ant Man. Not not really feeling that I, stuff. I, the rest, I'm I mean, I'll just
0: doubt myself. I've kind of jumped ship and right now, John Cena is peacemaker. That's my favorite on-screen like superhero right now. So, like, sorry, Marvel.
2: I have not watched that, but I have watched this is a weird uh, thing, but I've watched the intro. Yeah, it's it's incredible thing on YouTube. <laughs> I've watched it like several you times. I've never seen it. I gotta watch the show. will I'll get to it at some point. But for some reason, I'm like, is this good or is this terrible? And I like it. I don't even really know what it is, but I yes, keep watching it's that stupid. Intro and they do the I dance mean, and they're kicking stuff and there's an eagle. It's, it's James
0: Gunn, man. You it's know, good. it's it's good and bad at the same time. It's all the, his sweet spot. That's so. fair. Well, this was fun. I loved that you all
1: talked about Marvel. That was a good time. And That's brandy Joe fun. thinks all superhero movies are terrible. So you know. I don't think they're terrible. Wait, just it's only one,
2: one of four intro. of us have seen Doctor Strange. <laughs> this is insane. wild. Yeah, you're wow. The only one. Wow. No, no Doctor Strange <laughs> fans. I mean, if you if you like Sam Raimi, though, you got to see it for that as well. It's not. Some people are overselling the Sam Raimi. It's not like a capital S, capital R Sam Raimi movie, but there's stuff. Like you can tell in some of the fight scenes and some of the weird effects and monsters and shit like that. You can tell like, okay, this is the evil Dead guy uh, working here. Good. Well, Teacher
1: Drew, you're awesome. Thank you for writing in. And of course, if you want to write us, scaringasharing at gmail.com, hit us up. We'd love to read your telegrams. All right, so back to you guys. I have another question for you. Aside from me today, do you have any other fun experiences of someone totally fangirling all over you? And why don't you have merch? I because wish. I would my room would be covered and it's only a podcast merch if I could. I love it. I love it.
3: We've talked about merch and then we're both just like, oh, it sounds like yeah. a lot of effort. But <laughs> <laughs> well, when you do, I'm there. <laughs> okay. Okay. But have you had have, has anyone ever run
1: into you on the street and been like, oh, I listen to your podcast? I mean, your, your social media is in a lot of your faces. So you kind of have to dig if you want to know what you two look like, but has there been any
2: experiences like that?
3: No, not I for wish. me. Not for me. <laughs> I,
2: I mean, I also don't leave my house very much. So the idea of anyone seeing right. me
3: anywhere, there is was one situation where like um someone that I'd met, like, you know, we got to talking and then I told them about the podcast and then they texted their friend, like my, podcast name and and their friend was like shut up I listen to that podcast I love it and I was like that's that's pretty cool but um it was so like I was like I don't know if you're lying to me <laughs> 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 telling me that your friend freaked out about that so I haven't really like gone around and bragged about it <laughs> that's cool
2: yeah nothing nothing uh, comes to mind there but yeah the things like Ian said like I just like when people have that kind of personal connection and they tell us about introducing it uh, to, to other people. Hey, you know, my friend mentioned this movie. I, I watched this movie back when we were young or whatever. And so I recommended your podcast to, to to them to listen to that kind of stuff is is always fun or like random. I didn't know it happened. I found out after the fact, but like my sister and her boyfriend went on a road trip and they're like, oh, we listen to it's only a podcast the whole time because <laughs> you he never heard it before. And it's like, oh, that's really nice. That's really sweet. But yeah, yeah stuff like that is fun.
1: And has your viewership like grown over time? Has that changed? Like, has it like grown exponentially or whatever?
2: Not exponentially. We're not. We're we're not. We're not making any money off of this. I don't know. We uh, we could probably be doing better in that category, probably. But I don't know. We're not really trying to, or we're not. We're not having macros and like looking at forecasts or anything macros. like that. I don't know. We we kind of do it for fun. As far as like listenership things like that i don't know about you guys or other shows for us it is very much dependent on which movies we talk mm-hmm. about when we like recently we did episodes on you are not my mother and we're all going to the world's fair very very tiny new release movies uh-huh. Uh-huh. not a lot of downloads <laughs> when uh-huh. uh when when men comes out i expect we'll get a a, a peek uh when nope comes out i'm you know, I already know it's going to be a big episode. Like our most download episodes of all time are those big ones. Midsummer, uh, us, scream. you know, uh, the lighthouse, uh, the new yeah. scream. Yeah. Stuff like that. So th- those, you know, people, some people are kind of with us for the highs and we have a smaller, uh, we we have a smaller core that stays with us all the time that Brandy Joe's in. Um, but the other people are kind of fair weather fans, yeah. which is fine. Ten point. Ten point. Cool.
0: Yeah, we we've had some weird spikes too, where it's like. Although for us, it's been movies that I didn't expect. Like The Night House was one yeah, of our was like, huge, biggest ones. Even though it wasn't
1: like a big box hmm. office smash. Yeah. But
0: yeah, that's like one huge. of our top episodes. Yeah. Or when we covered Possession. Possession. That was curious. another one that was like huge, oh, wow. huge for
1: us. So yeah, Thanks. it was weird. Yeah. But then like Scream and Halloween Kills. Or yeah, Halloween
0: Kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, those, those
1: were had, definitely like up there,
0: Those did too. well too. And I think didn't also the my birthday episode when i picked ernest scared stupid wasn't that randomly one too that had like (laughs) a huge like (laughs) spike in downloads yeah
3: makes total sense you just (laughs) never
1: never know well i want to get to the movies you guys picked but i just i i have one other i have two other little questions really fast first of all the theme music ian you created the theme music right like
3: all of it yeah
1: are you a musician also by trade
3: uh, <laughs> when I, uh, went to college, I actually initially started off as a vocal music education slash music composition major. Cool. So, um, Very cool. I do like, I can play piano. I sing. I know how to do things with music. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And is you. the voice also you? Uh, the remember, no. Just remember. That's not oh, you? Yes. Yes. Okay. The, the voice at the end, that is 100% me.
2: Okay. I thought it was...
3: But I wasn't sure. <laughs> yep. yeah, no.
2: Oh, yeah. And I got to brag about this because that's something people ask me about all the time. People assume that, like, I clip that in. I edit the, the episodes. People assume I clip that in. And we absolutely could have in year one just been like, okay, yeah, this was a really good take. I'm just going to save that forever. But Ian does it live <laughs> at the end of you every do? episode. Oh, that's cool. why sometimes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, One that has never, ever, ever been repeated. Um, that's why sometimes it falls apart or <laughs> Ian sneaks a joke in there. And I love that. Um, I don't know if anybody else even notices it's I an mean, email. Uh, uh, awesome. I appreciate okay. it. But yeah, you can, you, you know, sometimes it sounds a little bit different, sometimes a little bit longer, sometimes it's a joke, but Ian does it live every time. Nobody believes that because, like, hit and then there's no effects on it. That's just Ian's voice. Wow, wow. And when we were preparing the first episode, I think we figured that out like on the fly. Like, oh, we knew we were going to end the episode with it's only a podcast because that was part of us figuring out the name or whatever. And Ian was like, oh, no, no, give it to me. I'll do that because I can do a creepy voice. I'm like, all right. And I think I heard it the first time when we recorded. I don't even think we did a dry run or anything. I'm like, all right, let's do this. And we've done it for 100 whatever episodes. Uh, But the other thing I want to brag about Ian for is he does the main theme music, which I love. But then he also did a different track for Overkill. And we don't do Overkill as often. We're doing Overkill right now for the first time in over a year. And I love that with the strings and the crackling Mm -hmm, and all that. So, yeah, exactly. I love the Overkill theme as well, which people don't hear as much. So shout out to you and Christian those. you edit
1: the podcast so do you do the interval music in your normal episodes do you pick the
2: song I do I do and that has been controversial <laughs> at times um as much as we can have because Ian doesn't like but, yeah, your pick that's, or why uh well no Ian doesn't listen to the podcast <laughs> once it's done so he usually doesn't know to, to be honest but um <laughs> like I've had I think I've tweeted this before like Transition music is not an endorsement. Like sometimes I'll put in a song that's a bad song or a song I don't like, but there's something about it that I, i it's basically like an opportunity for a joke for me. So if we're talking about uh, what keeps you alive, and then I find some stupid bluegrass song and it says, keeps you alive in the chorus I put that in there it might be a terrible song that people don't like listening to for 30 or 40 seconds but for me it feels like a great joke sometimes people don't like that though some people like why the hell did they pick this song I don't know sometimes it's 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 ruffled feathers but yeah I always put those in there as like a little joke so if anybody uh notices why I chose a certain song sometimes it's just it's a song from the movie those are easy ones but sometimes it's more to putting men.
0: song choices out there for strangers always a risky maneuver <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well let's get to our movies let's do that let's i appreciate
1: that i've learned so much about the two of you that i have been burning questions in my soul
0: and i'm sure you could have asked many more questions i could <laughs> have there were many more
1: that i just was like let's just get to these movies but we'll have you back for you know episode 160 when we're around what you are But real quick, you have like 160 episodes, but you have overkills. You have all these other ones. Like, do you know how many actual total episodes you've done? Probably like at least 250. Yeah, it's up
2: there because we've done other random bonus episodes too here and there. We did um, uh, well, the 666 are numbered. But like we did last year, we did uh, the top 50 horror performances of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we've done other random stuff. Looks like 206. Wow. Yeah. 206 episodes total. But yeah, we. The numbered episodes were up to 163.
1: Well, you guys are true pod stars. I just came up with that term. I, pod it's star. probably something, but you're a total pod
0: star.
3: Well, yeah. <laughs> and we, we're,
0: we're coming for you. We want to get that. We want to get up it. there. We want to get those numbers. <laughs> So
1: let's start with, so you assigned us a couple movies do do one of you want to say like why you chose these two movies because i know that there was sort of a, a an overarching like theme that you
2: were kind of going for
3: Gay. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> gay, gay, gay was a, a big thing
2: yeah no we 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 threw out a couple of options and before we kind of uh got firm on any of them um uh, you know not actually firm but like um, you know what I mean? Um, we are like, okay, what's <laughs> what that stranger me? by the lake firm what, exactly. what, what keeps you alive what's, firm? What's the energy we want to bring as guests, right? Both of us coming out, but like, you feel like we got to represent us. It's only a podcast here. And so we are like, what are we going to bring? And pretty quickly, we're like, it's got to be queer horror. And if we can get full frontal nudity in there, that's, that's also important. So we threw out a bunch of other options, but that's what we kept circling uh, around. And I think, I think we, uh, Ian, think, I'm going to just say, it. I think we nailed it on these. <laughs> on these
3: yeah, I think uh, we were, we, we definitely found a movie that has a little bit of full frontal male nudity <laughs> in it. So
1: we sure yeah, did.
3: Tough to find.
1: And after just listening to you talk about final chapter and you were like, where's the boy butt? And I'm like, well, you just have to watch stranger by the lake. Cause you get it all oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's start with what keeps you alive let's go backwards in time let's and well i'm not gonna say anymore but jeremy will you kick us off with uh i will i will some
0: what keeps you alive The, the what keeps you alive what keeps you alive the tagline is there's a demon inside and the description on Letterboxd is Majestic Mountains, a still lake, and venomous betrayals engulf a female married couple attempting to celebrate their one-year anniversary. A female married couple. Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> I think uh, I think a straight wrote that summary, if I could be <laughs> so
0: bold. what well, didn't, I mean, I yeah. didn't a straight write the movie, too? I yeah. You oh know, yeah, the, the guy
1: so. who directed right. it, Colin oh, Minahan, Minahan, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. He's a couple with the lead gal who played Jules. They're mm-hmm. a couple. They're not married, but they're oh, a okay. couple. Okay. Yeah, I think it was written for about a straight couple, and then they swapped it and said, let's make a, a same-sex couple.
0: Okay. Well, I guess I'll start us off because I've seen some people's letterboxes here. So <laughs> I feel like, am I going to be the obstinate one on this where I'm like, I was Uh-oh. all over the board with this movie Uh-oh. where uh, in the beginning I was just like, and spoiler warning, like how spoiler really are we going to get with this? Because we can they don't typically the get
1: very spoilery, but we do. So we do.
3: We'll, we'll get into <laughs> it. So. Let's do it. Yeah. Spoiler- no, I'd love to talk about it's the spoilers. Spoiler impossible. warning. Ten minutes in is the first spoiler. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was going to say. The opening of this
0: movie, I was just like... "Mm." oh man this is really similar to some of that stuff brandy joe's given me in the past where i'm just kind of bored waiting for something to happen like they're just living their life and some weird stuff and then it happens the exciting yeah. incident and i'm like I am. incredible but then it kind of like backs like it kind of goes all over the place for me like i'm still deciding how i feel about this movie because there's a lot of great moments but there's a lot of character choices that i think just don't work and i really don't like the ending of this thing so like that really took away and i spent all day thinking where i'm like okay so this movie was like the dark twisted version of the subplot from adam's family values of uncle fester marrying joan cusack and (laughs) you know i was like that's that's what this was (laughs) but a dark serious version of that same thing so what do you boys think
2: had you both seen it before yeah you did it on the show right we reviewed it. it Uh, It was on Ian's top six for that year. I think it was a near miss uh, for mine when we did the 666 episode. But yeah, I think it was right towards the end of the year uh, where we'd done all kind of the heavy hitters. And at that point, we're trying to unearth some VOD gems and came across this one. And we were both big fans
3: of it. Yeah, big time. This is one of those movies that just kind of takes you by surprise if you're not expecting it. Did you you guys
0: rewatch for in preparation? Okay. Good. Yes. Yeah. I just very good. It right uh, any yeah. any yep. new any new insights this time around? I think or? for me,
3: what I found out is I or what I realized is I hated the the like little flashback mm-hmm. intercuts of the yeah. the two making love, not because it's two women making love, but I just was like, oh, you didn't do your character development at yeah. the top, so now you're trying to convince us that they were madly mm-hmm. in love, and. And like, but that's, that's what you, that's the, you know, the gamble you take when your you know, when your first like twist is at 10 minutes, right? Like, you would have to just be an amazing screenwriter to convince us that these two characters are madly in love and you desperately hope that they, you know, end up as a coupled unit to live happily ever after in 10 minutes time. That's really hard. You have to be the writers of like, up.
2: (laughs) I think I like the way that they did the relationship and they had to withhold some to some degree because you get more, of the uh, background which one's the evil one it's uh jackie, yeah. jackie or, or slash Megan. megan yeah that's her other real name or whatever because you get those reveals of like okay she has this violent past she has this uh this other romantic past so you have to kind of build some of that in and i think if you show too much of their relationship that could feel rushed too because the movie has to get to all these twists and turns that's the meat of the movie um it, like thinking about it uh i don't know if you guys watched the movie from this year fresh where Not you yet. have like this 20 minute segment where you're spending with them and i think that movie totally works big fan of of that but you get that where it's like you get the meet cute you get the relationship you get things started and it's like okay this moves a little fast like you know, you can have the straining credulity of like, okay, are these people really soulmates? But in the other case, it's like, okay, are they really falling in love that fast? You could kind of be damned if you do, damned if you don't uh, to a certain degree. And I like how much is left vague so it can be filled in later. Cause I think this movie's about red flags. I think it's about, the things in someone who's important to you, uh, a a relationship in in this scenario where you see things about them that you either choose not to see or you want to overlook, things like that. Because I remember a good chunk of our review, Ian, was about the song that Jackie sings when it's like, okay, you're at your romantic cabin getaway (laughs) and you pull out the acoustic guitar and you're like, There's a demon inside. Blood let it out. Blood let it out. Blood let it out. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking? What are you singing to me right now? Which...
0: I, I, and, that, like, I really like, <laughs> want to redo that as a death metal song, <laughs> like blood, let it out. I yeah. want, it, I want, like somebody do it. That would be awesome. It's, yes. it's
2: ripe for that for sure. And like she, like comes on to her and almost like distracts her with sex because she's like, "You're kind of creeping me out yeah. right now, and I don't want it to be a thing. So let's just fuck, I guess. I don't know." But it's like that's a that's a pretty glaring red flag of like, "Hey, this is the song that like came to mind while we're sitting here." together with like a bottle of wine. Uh, And so I I think that's, I don't know, for me, like what I walk away from with the movie is like what you're willing to overlook because it's someone that you're already connected to. Because you've kind of already attached emotionally or maritally or whatever it is, like there's some kind of bond that you have and that makes it really difficult to kind of let the thoughts of, this person's not who I thought they were. You build up all these walls, to not let those come in, I think that for me, that even comes into play with some of decisions later in the movie of like her going back, her not being able to escape, her not being able to get away. And honestly, we kind of came to this pairing in a backwards way almost. I think they pair wonderfully together. New so to I like play. this movie more yeah. <laughs> watching it a day a yeah. day before I watch these two movies on back to back nights. I think the, those themes. I'll save, you know, the stranger by the lake thoughts, but this idea of like seeing something dark, but this attraction or this bond mm-hmm. is so powerful that you're you're gonna intentionally look away from those dark things. I think that that goes for both of these movies. And this is a hell of a pairing. So if anybody hasn't watched these, watch them together. Do a double bill. Like dangerous I, I, I
1: desire.
2: Think, <laughs> do yeah. What it's all <laughs> Absolutely. about. Absolutely.
1: And I really love the cinematography in this movie. I feel like it breathes. Yeah. Like there's so many times where I feel like I'm just like, mm. like I'm just feeling it as just like move so beautifully. And I love the outdoor shots. Like I yeah. just think they're awesome. And I love the very, very, very end. Like the last moment I love so much. Cause it's like what I wanted. And I couldn't remember if that's how it happened. And then it does. And I just yeah. think it's, it's fantastic. It's open-ended, but it's also like, oh yeah. Like it's great.
0: That one that see that's where that comes. of stretched my suspension of disbelief where i was just like of course
1: but like i just wish there was a movie where you know an insulin shot comes up and you know, it's like, and it's not gonna play in later. It's just gonna be a factor of this is someone's life and it's not gonna be this like turning point of here's where this is gonna happen. Che- then- Check <laughs> insulin. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I just, you know, those things, but, and also two things, the neighbors. So I love that girl who plays Sarah from Superbad. I think she's so awesome. I wish she worked more I, or rather I wish I'd see her in more cause I think she does still work, but I love her. And then her husband, looks like the guy from bill and ted like not keanu reeves but the other guy like his oh alex brother.
0: winter yeah a little yeah. bit like a young young alex winter
1: and i've never seen <laughs> bill and ted but i know what that guy looks like
3: so <laughs> I, that's what i just kept thinking of yeah you're I'm totally like, right, to look that up right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean like you were talking about the cinematography and i think one of the most beautiful shots is when um mm-hmm. is it jules mm-hmm. sure is that what we said yeah jules is it she has escaped and she's riding in the car and the camera is set on the hood of the car. And rather than, you know, do whatever kind of lens shit you had to do, or even like putting the camera at a certain angle to get a clear shot of her face we get a clearer shot of the reflection of the canopy rolling across the windshield as as she's driving down the road and i just thought that effect is absolutely beautiful and you could like you can barely see her face behind that i think it's actually one of the creepiest shots in the entire the entire movie i'm not sure that it necessarily like has any sort of special meaning to that shot specifically but i watched this and i was like i watched it today and i was like oh Oh, that's great. Why don't I, I love her performance.
1: I love her. Brittany Allen. I think she's so good. And I was a little, not that like I watched someone, I'm like, oh, well, obviously she is coming from this because she is a lesbian herself and she's coming from a very authentic viewpoint. So when I found out that she is, you know, indeed straight and in a relationship with a man, I was a little surprised just because it felt so authentic and real. I find, I really love her performance and she's like an Emmy winner. She won like an Emmy for all my children. So a day, time at me but still <laughs> um but i don't love her wife as much or girl wife right they're married wife, yeah, yeah married. right because yeah one year anniversary insurance policy thing but i i find jewels and the reason that i like the movie as much as i do is definitely hinged on her performance which i find very real and i can feel her her conf- like the, the conflict she has with what she feels and what she's trying to absorb and and understand. And I just, I, I find her captivating. I could just watch her all day.
0: Now, I will say a lot of the discourse I saw on Letterboxd of people that don't like this movie is really hinged yeah. on the whole, like, why did you go back? You keep going back. Why do you keep... But for me... Um, And it being like a true crime guy too. Like you read so much about people in situations with serial killers, actual uh, other humans that are totally devoid of normal human feelings. Um, It's really hard because you are always, we're always appealing to each other's humanity. So I think that was actually very realistic because she still thinks there's some way, something I can do that'll fix this. Or at some point she'll have mercy, she'll have compassion. But, you know, what do you do with somebody that just does not ever have those feelings? And that's exactly what uh, the Jackie character was, like a true serial killer type personality where there just aren't any actual feelings there.
2: I'm glad to hear you say that because I was prepared to, like, defend that part of it because... Like, yeah, I looked at some Letterbox reviews and social media, things like that. And this movie does not have a good reputation. Uh, it had really good critical reviews. Um, mm-hmm. I, I looked up a couple of those. so Real weak uh, viewer reviews. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which Ian, we, Ian and I usually see that as like, uh, that. that's what gets us in the door. If it's like well-reviewed critically and low okay. audience scores, like, yes, that's it. That's the sweet <laughs> spot right there. That's going to be one that we like. Um, but yeah, I think the way that kind of third act area where it's kind of going back and forth of Jules being free or being injured or retreating or on the attack, all of that. I I don't have that criticism at all. I think the idea of kind of what you're saying, Jeremy, like this idea of, of, of wanting to see the good, even though you've had, you have like incontrovertible proof that there's evil here. Like you still are holding on to whatever tiny bit of there is some good in you, right? This is like Anakin Skywalker, right? It's like, Oh, you've murdered like tens of millions of people, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm waiting for that one little good thing to come back out and redeem you uh, that. And then also I think at least part of her going back is like, no, I'm going to be the last one. Like she got me, I was duped it stops here, you know, like, like I'm not letting her get to anyone else. If I don't make sure this is done, like put a period at the end of this sentence, uh, then who knows where she goes from here, how many other victims are going to be. And I like that idea of like, she got worked over pretty hard. Jules did over the course of this movie, but she's like, you know what? I I need to take care of business. And it's also like the screen five thing, right? Like Dewey's got to go back. If you don't finish the job, they're going to come back for you at some point. Like there's no, this is a horror movie. If you know yeah. this is a horror movie, yeah. like you, you can't leave the job unfinished. So I don't know that, that going back, that's not in question for me at all. And I'm glad to hear yeah. there's a little, at least some agreement there.
0: Yeah. And Jackie got got like yeah. it needed to be. So, you know, yeah. at least that happens. So. <laughs> Had to happen. All
1: right, Jeremy, what's the the point system here?
0: Oh shit. Out of... Out of five Chekhov's insulin (laughs) vials, how many do you rank Mm. it? Brandy Joe, start us off.
1: Okay, I'll start us off. Um, off. I originally gave it a three, and I think I'm going to give it a three and a half this time. I liked it more than I did the first time. So I'm going with three and a half Chekhov insulin
3: shots. (laughs) Mm.
0: Okay. Okay. Ian?
3: or Chekhov insulin shots. I'm not changing my rating from before i still think this packs a punch it packs probably three punches at the least prepare to get (laughs) through christian i'm gonna go
2: with a strong three and a half chekhov's insulin vials uh out of five i I i'm 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 inching towards four like i could go for i'm gonna stick with 3.5 i think it's a very good movie
0: and you know what, guys? This conversation made my heart grow three <laughs> sizes this day mm-hmm. for this movie. So oh. I'm going to give it the just passing grade of three. Success.
1: All right. So we have one. Scare
0: Two. of approval.
1: Fantastic. I'm willing
0: to let my feelings about like the the way the ending went go, and you know, <laughs> love there, it. There was there was some good writing in there, like right that the, the solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm chunk once that inciting incident i'll call it starts it's like boom there's and that cool song's gonna shit. linger with
2: you i know that song's gonna come back <laughs> I'm, to your I'm head gonna, i'm
0: gonna get my my buddies together we're gonna whip up a death metal cover of it and put it out there it's got it's gotta
3: happen. <laughs> First to download. (laughs) All right. Well, let's
1: go back a little bit to 2013 with Stranger by the Lake. It is directed by Alan Giardy. I don't know how to pronounce French names, but I think it's close to that. Giardy. Thank you. And the tagline is, he's closer than you think. And the summary is, summertime, a cruising spot for men tucked away on the shores of a lake. Frank falls in love with Michelle, an attractive, potent, and lethally dangerous man. Frank knows this, but wants to live out his passion
0: anyway. Spoilers.
1: <laughs> Jeremy, I want to know what you thought of this movie.
0: I really liked this. You just, did? Up front. Up front. I'm just going to put it. I really liked this. Awesome. There was, uh, unlike our guests, I love the beach. Uh, <laughs> really? That's like, that was my in. I was just like, I. This is a this very. Is a rocky, I kept thinking yeah. my. Walk on your it. poor butt but i was yeah. like i really want to go swimming <laughs> oh, now yeah. that's all i could think the whole movie it's like i want to go for a swim really bad but speaking of cinematography like this ah. looked beautiful like this movie looked like a painting it was one of those like like you know as they often say of stanley kubrick's work every every frame a picture is definitely what this uh-huh. movie was so there was something something to be said for that you know and it's uh-huh. definitely you know pornographic in nature um that that's not debatable, but I was sitting there like, man, we just watched The Beast not that long ago, and that's like a way, that's like a way crazier, like straight up porno movie. So, um, yeah, this was, this was, I enjoyed this. And while,
1: um, what keeps you alive, I mean, it, literally they said it was written for a straight couple and they made it a lesbian couple, like this is very much an... A gay story like you couldn't do this with a bunch of straight people hanging out on the beach. It would not be the same thing. And that's what I super appreciate about it.
0: Yeah. And that's where uh, for me watching this as a straight watching this, I was just like, huh, this is like all different. You know, this is not a thing I know anything about or really get that much insight into this world but i was fascinated by the story um i felt kind of like i really vibed with uh henry just sitting there watching everything happen i was like oh okay that's like a that's a viewpoint character for me to witness the things going on here and be like come on everybody open your Mm -hmm. eyes to what's going on around you like this dude is in his intuition is spot on so
1: now you all haven't done this on your show right no okay and had you both seen it before?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yes. Christian, how did you come upon it?
2: Uh, we actually reviewed this on the Third Act podcast back Got in it. 2014. So this is the first time I had seen it since it came out. 2013 was the canned, I think it was canned debut. And then it hit VOD uh, stateside sometime in 2014, if I have that right. Um, so I saw it around that time. I liked it then, um, but I've changed quite a bit since then. I, I mentioned this this earlier. I think I might have still been going to church the first time I saw this. So, you know, my headspace <laughs> might have been in a little, little <laughs> different at, at that point. Uh, now I'm a little bit more uh, open minded. Uh, I always liked it, but I, I feel like the first time I watched, I feel like there was a little bit more of like internal struggle with me watching it for whatever reason, just like personal, like where I was in life. Uh, now, though, whew, are you asking me for my opinion now, too? Or? Yeah, please. This movie is like a fucking masterpiece. This movie is so fucking good. It is like, it's so great for like from so many different angles. There's so many angles. Uh, you know, Jeremy talked about how it looks. Every time they get give you a wide shot of the lake with the forest in the background, I'm like, man, this looks incredible. Um, it, not even just what shot, but the style of it, the pacing, the way the camera moves it feels like it could be a period piece which i don't know if i'm i'm out of my element here but i feel like some of that is intentional in its depiction of cruising and wanting to have a more classical filmmaking style that fits in with more like late 70s you know maybe early 80s uh type i don't know if this was shot on film but it it looks like it doesn't have like a digital like crispness to it it looks like a little fuzzy even though it's like gorgeous so just kind of the craft even though it's seemingly kind of uh unassuming it's not flashy um you get flashing in a different sense but it's not a flashy movie um (laughs) thank you uh (laughs) but i think the, the the craft the filmmaking the intentions behind that is is all brilliant i think that the the pace at which you get the thriller angle of it How that unfolds. I forgot how. Are we doing spoilers on this one too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have.
0: Spoiler warning right now. (laughs) He's about to drop one
2: but I already said the M word. So you better go watch this fucking movie. <laughs> I forgot how early we get the uh, the the kill scene with uh, Michelle drowning a guy. That's early in the movie. Yeah. Because I knew it was this struggle of like- That's like less know, than drunk.
0: 20 minutes in. It's yeah.
2: way early. Yeah. And it's before they even really yeah. have any connection. Like they kind of see each other. There's like mm. little bits, yeah. but they don't have any meaningful connection until after that, which I didn't quite remember it exactly that way. So like what I was saying before with the other movie about this, like willfully looking away from the obvious red flags, if you can call murder a red flag, it's a pretty dark (laughs) red flag. (laughs) Um, Like, you know, this is not so much the connection, like a marital connection or anything like that, but this attraction, this, this, this intrigue, this passion is so deep. It's so uh, rich that you're just willing to overlook these massive Uh, flaws, like that comes in uh, early. And I feel like that's like an undercurrent through the whole movie is it you're you're seeing this connection. You're seeing this kind of um, this, this passion you're seeing, you know, unsimulated sex over the course of it. You're seeing all these things, but you know, it has this dark uh, beginning point that kind of underscores that entire journey. And it mostly doesn't pay off until like the last five, 10 minutes of the movie, where that starts coming back up again. Um, But I just feel like that's such a masterful way to like have tension, be the undercurrent for the whole thing but even besides all that like how good it looks the themes the 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 chills of it all like uh (laughs) Jeremy brought it up as well like the the relationship between Henri and Franck sitting there on the beach like those are some of the best like I think writing and performance Mm in the movie is these two guys this guy who's at At a minimum, by curious is my assessment of it. But he also says things that like flirt with being homophobic. I think that's a very interesting character and the the easy dynamic that they have and how they talk and they relate to each other's experiences and who they are away from the beach and who they are at the beach that's just like quietly perfect as well. Just like the back and forth, the rapport that they build, it's lovely character work. And I don't know, maybe maybe that won't jump out to people because you're seeing cum shots in this movie. But there's like just these subtle conversations, maybe someone's dick out, maybe it's not. But these conversations like, I think are really powerful and speak volumes, even though it is a quiet movie overall. So I'm blown away. And then, you know, we got to circle back around and talk about the ending. I think the ending is like gobsmacking. <laughs> like this it movie has it all.
3: Utterly fascinating.
0: Ian,
2: what's your
1: your history with this movie?
3: I, I saw it uh, when it came out. I think actually Christian, not to be the person who's like, I saw it first, but I'm pretty sure Jericho caught wind of it from me not (laughs) not trying to take credit given absolutely Um, so yeah no i i i can't remember how i heard about this movie and i didn't even know that it was going to have so much wonderful full frontal in it so it wasn't even like i was like drawn to it because that but i mean you know, this, this movie, this is maybe the fourth or fifth time I've seen it. I, I, I'll check in with it every now and then every couple of years. And every, I feel like every time I watch this, something else comes up. Right. Like this is like, if, uh, if David Hockney had been a classical French painter, right. David Hockney's the guy who does the, the pool paintings, uh, very, very gay um, artist who, um, is re- like, was really capturing kind of like that eighties and nineties, you know, vibe. That's what this feels like. There's a body of water at the center here. And, and Hockney is like best known for that. I think like when the most iconic shot from the movie is someone simply swimming, swimming backstroke in a Lake, like that if that's the high bar then everything else it's like (laughs) when christian threw out the m word masterpiece like he's not he's not far off cinematographically this is absolutely beautiful and challenging in many ways too right like we'll get close-ups of sex and then we pull back mid-range maybe even further for these really really wide shots so then we kind of become these voyeurs but we're but like it's really challenging because in a wide shot we're 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 kind of like almost like peeking through and then with a close shot especially during those highly physical scenes all of a sudden we're like in the woods with them right <laughs> and so we're invading like a lot of privacy but here's here's the thing there is no privacy in this little bubble that that is created by like kind of cruising culture and within that bubble is this beautiful lake it's a forest and it's a beach those are three locations on one end of the beach is a man who has never come to terms with his sexuality on the other end of the beach is a man who has come to terms with sex with his sexuality in such a toxic way that he ends the lives of people who are exactly like him and so, you know, like who, who's <laughs> the worst there? <laughs> I, I mean, like, I think, I think we see the answer, but the point here is kind of, it's, it's, it's not necessarily about like homophobia per se, maybe a little bit like internalized homophobia that um, Michelle is, is acting on, but it's also, it's more so the act of, you know, acting on his internal homophobia in a way that pops that bubble because then the detective comes in, you know, and that's, that's like big, that's what upsets people. Not that Mm -hmm. someone was killed, but that there was a detective in the area. Right. And so obviously it is upsetting that people got killed, but, um, this really is about uh, almost a betrayal of a gay community and, and like, you know, cruising is a, a, apparently a very like sacred thing, um, or at least was. And that that's just like a whole subculture within itself. And like, this is kind of speaking to the sacrilege that Michelle, you know, commits in, in the face of all that. So I don't know, we've got this beautiful movie. We have, like, it looks beautiful. We have something that's like, you know what? how about there's a naked man on screen and it's not a punchline oh, what do you think about that um <laughs> and 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 also showcasing kind of the complexities of like just like is it just cruising or in these interactions that people are having especially micro interactions are they actually looking for an intimate connection as well and and it, it poses those questions um in a really beautiful, but also very haunting way. Michelle is the scariest Tom Selleck I've ever seen in my life.
0: Uh, When I saw him, I was like, he's he's got a mustache. Of course he's evil. Uh, He's He's Tom Selleck. He also kind of,
2: he reminds me of Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible 6 with like, like a little bit of a beard, but then like the thick mustache. Uh, He kind of looks French uh, Henry Cavill to me.
0: I do think too, there's something to be said for, the filmmaking decision of close-ups of the sex scenes, but every act of violence is like obscured or from a distance. Like the actual mm. act when it's being committed of violence, it's it's the voyeuristic, of course. It's from a distance, you're with somebody watching it from elsewhere. So there's something fascinating. It did remind me a lot. I was getting De Palma vibes from this movie through yeah. a lot of the plotting oh. and the it's the sure. human interaction, yep. but then it's like there's unrestrained violence just under the surface of everything. Like it could explode at any mm. minute, and you know, and and a little bit of um, uh, there's a little bit of early Cronenberg I thought in there too with the use of human form. Of course, Cronenberg does it and morphs it, and you know, it goes off into different directions. But sure. uh, like especially with early Cronenberg, he did have uh, a fascination with human form, but also like locations. Because a lot of his movies, hmm. especially his early work, have these shots of just like locations just as they are. And you see a lot of just the lake existing with humans coming in uh-huh. and out of this place. So there's there's something yep. something about that really, really grabbed me. So I'm like, okay, I like this guy. This guy's onto something that made this movie. He knows what's up.
1: Yeah, I'd never heard of it. And yeah. like a year ago, my husband just put it on. And so I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, wonderful. Like, hello, uncut penis all over the place. And then all of a sudden, the drowning happens. And that shot is stupendous. I guess that they used uh, an actor who, or not an actor, but like a swimmer who could hold his breath, the director says, for eight minutes in an interview. Oh, about it.
2: So I was, I'm so glad you stup- said that because oh. I didn't even register that the first time I saw it. And I was like, how did they, is this guy swimming quickly? And he like, did. Out of frame? Like, but they,
1: what is he that mentioned happening? that he could hold his breath for eight minutes, which I'm like, how is that even possible? But he did just like swim out of frame. But like when that scene happened, not knowing at all what this movie is, not knowing that it's a yeah. thriller anything, I was just like, what the fuck? And it's just yeah. this long scene. And my yeah. heart was racing the entire first time I watched it so hard. Like I just remember afterwards going and like some of the horror chat rooms I'm in and stuff, especially the gay horror ones. And I'm like, You all have to see the scariest movie you've never heard of because this movie like petrified me like it just made me so nervous and I mean, I imagine lots of people know this feeling and for me it's more it seems more rooted in like addiction but within the gay culture that like being very intrigued and like fascinated and hungry with something that you know isn't good for you. Like it's just there and I could just like, even though I've not had like been in love with a killer that I know of, um, like I've definitely been in love with things yet. I've been in love with things that I, I know aren't good for me and I know could kill me. Like I, you know, that, that definitely is there and is a part of gay culture. And I just, I find it so gorgeous. But it's that first scene when that happens, you're just like, whoa, this movie has just taken this major shift. And then when he's like, just still sitting there watching him and you're like, why are you doing something? And then it just takes a whole whole other turn. But it also feels like a play to me. Like even though like you wouldn't have Hmm. a lake on stage, but like it's set up in that sort of way that you're in these same sort of locations a lot of the time. And you just have these really beautifully written scenes that it feels like if you could have a lake on a stage it would be a beautiful play to do (laughs) it just Mm -hmm. kind of reminded me of a theatrical nature in that way and like the repeating scene yeah it's
3: forest lake beach and and a parking lot
0: yeah yeah and there's that repeating scene of him pulling up in his car and it's like almost sometimes it's slightly different but it's like a punctuation that's like okay episodically we're on to the next day now the next the next interaction Uh so i uh thought that was uh fascinating choice very meticulous (laughs) construction there
2: real quick because someone said parking lot uh I love how Henri brings up like social anxiety with, with like the idea of cruising sounds stressful to me from like an interpersonal thing. And there's like some weirdos out there, like some guy just only watches and just like is and just jerking, off. Off. Yeah. And just jerking off watching you guys. Like people, you know, have their own thing that they're doing and they seem to be mostly welcome, but you still have Henri is like, I don't know if I go over and talk to them, they're going to think I'm weird. And it's like, Do you get what the vibe is here? But like
0: that's (laughs) that speaks to like,
2: okay yeah, that like the idea of going there and just only thinking about like the social interpersonal things uh, that connected to me seeing the parking. I was like, the parking here is too chaotic. I'm I'm leaving the origin because the cars are too fucking disorganized. Like, get your shit. I don't know. Every time I show the cars, all every I'm like, this is I can't handle this. Now
1: talking about the ending, I the ending is so fucking perfect, and it's very similar to the other one in a way. There's just like it's like this like my like little cliffhanger that it just like hits on. But they did film an alternate ending where they meet Mm. each other, they make out. They make up and they leave in a car and that's the ending. And thank God they did not use that because I would have hated it. Yeah, that wouldn't. Yeah, that
0: wouldn't. Yeah. I don't think that would have hit as hard as what Uh, they decided to do. So the ending is
1: so incredibly perfect. Like, just because you're like, get out of there, run. And then it's like, nope.
0: (laughs) And I I do love a movie that uses the title as like the punctuation. Where like, mm. you know, oh, like, like the the, 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 yeah, the yeah, final yeah. shot of this movie is the title screen. And you're like, oh, OK, like it all makes sense. Like the whole movie was just preamble to explain the title to you. Like, oh, OK, like I, like, I there's something about that. I know it's so artsy fartsy, but I'm like, I love that.
1: The other thing is no music at all. That is mm. so fucking cool how
0: quiet it is. And now you say that and I didn't notice.
1: You didn't?
0: Think, oh, no, because I think I was so hooked and they use the uh ambient sound of outside and like because it sounds like you're out there in nature with them so it's 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 perfect if you
1: watch the trailer for it the music just like embarrasses you because it just feels (laughs) so wrong like it's so cheesy and dumb and it just makes it Feel like such like a different movie. Is
0: it like goofy French music? In the <laughs> no, like, it's is it like, like an organ grinder monkey or something <laughs> like that. Like music, like <laughs> no.
1: it's like cheesy, like like typical like Hollywoody thriller oh. sort of music.
2: Oh. oh, oh, it's thriller music. I'm thinking yeah. I haven't seen the trailer. I'm thinking like Sony Pictures classic, and it's just like all these like fanciful music and like making it seem like it's this yeah. uh, lake getaway. That's what I envision, but yeah. making it more thrillery. Yeah. No, Um,
1: it's
0: it's gross. I'm thinking of like music from Amelie or something like (laughs) (laughs) Like, this—this whimsical stuff going.
3: Right, accordion. That's the trailer (laughs) in my mind. But yeah, no, the
2: the the last shot, like when he he screams out for. Michelle, like that's like everything we've talked about with both movies about the idea of like being attracted to things that are wrong, that are bad for you, Uh, you know, hanging on to something that may or may not be there. Like it is the most heightened, like the most turned up way to personify that because you finally get Michelle, you know, he's a murderer, but he kind of becomes a monster at the end, like he's in his almost Jason Voorhees form in the last few minutes of this movie. And then you still have Frank like screaming out for him. It's just, it's like, it's like devastating to watch because, you know, our protagonist, like there's some kind of connection. I think we, as the audience have to him, like we're seeing the movie through his eyes. So you're kind of rooting for him, even though obviously he's portraying a lot of flaws as well. And it's just like, it's so deflating. It's so heavy. Like it's such a, a, a big like thud of an ending of just like you just get hit. Like yeah. and it's not visual. It's not like I said before, it's not flashy, it's not like doing anything crazy on the surface. But if you think about like the thematic impact of it, mm-hmm. it is just like an absolute wallop, like a, a brick wall that smacks you at the end of this movie from just a couple of words, from a name.
3: Mm-hmm. And I also I, I have to add a couple things here. So, first of all. I do want to say just just to cover our bases here that sociopaths what makes a sociopath a sociopath is their ability to mimic and convince people of human behavior <laughs> and emotions. So let's not gaslight our <laughs> characters here our survivors here. <laughs> sure. Um let's let's just also point out like yes you can f- anyone can fall in love with a sociopath because sociopaths that is exactly That's their job. what they do. That's what makes a sociopath <laughs> Sociopath. Anyway, that's what they get paid to do. Um, and then I wanted to just throw in another reading into mm. the ending here. Him standing in the dark, yelling Michelle's name. I think that there's kind of a two pronged uh, like approach from from Franck to do that. One of them is more of like a literary device. In that, obviously, he's still attracted to this man, right? Like, there's there's still a part of him that like wants. To be near this man but then the other the other thing is like pure survival if he just goes wandering around in the in the woods and doesn't know where michelle michelle is <laughs> he could end up running into him and and bite the dust so i honestly feel like he's yelling michelle's name to lure him closer to him so that he actually knows just where the hell this mm. guy is in like the, the darkest of nights um, hmm. but I think it's supposed to be like that sure. kind of complicated. Yeah. I was thinking too, opinion.
0: the internal logic of it, looking at it as
3: the act of like embracing the thing that could destroy
0: you though. Mm. I mean, he, Frank throughout the movie has a self-destructive urge like underneath the surface. Cause yeah. there's the moment where he's yeah. like, I don't want to use a condom when he's with the one guy. So you're like, uh, there sure. clearly yeah. is risk-taking behavior uh, increasing, especially because he's like, now I'm gonna start fucking a murderer, and that's probably gonna end poorly. So it's like <laughs> increasing risk-taking behavior. Uh, so the internal logic tracks.
1: So y'all are very smart, and I have to ask, what? Why does Henri do what he does? Because he he walks into it like knowing what's gonna happen, right? That's how I feel, but I yeah. don't fully understand why, and that's okay. But I want, I'm curious what you all think.
0: I read it as sort of a. Uh, he's a depressed person I think there is a level of depression to him and sort of a uh because he says I got what I wanted and on some level I feel like he meant just ending it so and he didn't have to do it himself he had it you know done by somebody else so
3: I think it's like kind of three-pronged right I think one reason is to show from mm, 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 mm. dude's, fuck, dude's mm, fucked, dude's mm, fucked up <laughs> willing to take the bullet for it if it convinces you to get away from this guy. That can make goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Second thing is the depression part, right? He probably was suicidal. And then the third thing is he wanted attention.
1: God, that's devastating.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
2: I think that's exactly right. And I, I think there is a part of it where you see he's repressed he's depressed and he's repressed uh over the course of the movie and i and i do think that seeing someone dangerous for whatever reason that was a way for him to get over his hurdles of be like okay like this is someone who's not going to reject me it may end me but i'm not gonna have to face the rejection or the awkwardness like this is someone who's not gonna Push me away. And that's what he was willing to do. I think primarily, though, it's the suicide by proxy. It's he, he is depressed. You know, he talks about his relationship that's ended. He talks about being desperate to go back to work. That's a cry for help if there ever was one. Like, <laughs> that, like you hear so many things over the course of the movie about where he is at kind of mentally and emotionally. And I think he sees this as, as kind of a way out and in a way that he doesn't have to be the, Arbiter himself. Um, he, he sees his way out f- via some other person. And he takes mm. it. So good.
3: And that's another thing I love about this movie is there's so many r- mm. ways to read into things too. There's always something. Well, to, there. to
2: that point, like different readings of it, there was something that didn't occur to me. I think I read it on a Letterboxd review where they were talking about this movie that very obviously depicts cruising culture. And then people die suddenly and they they took it to be like a, a commentary on AIDS of, see like having these these men in this community being able to express themselves, interact with one another, and then suddenly they're just gone like quickly and violently, and they don't understand and they don't know why. And that that's how they took, and it, that didn't come to mind to me uh, honestly uh, in either viewing. But I can see someone having that res- that response or, or bringing that that to it. I think there's
3: that doesn't click with me because uh like <laughs> giving someone a like do you know what i'm trying to say like there's a murderer and then there's an, an, <laughs> the existence of aids right, right? you I know don't... like <laughs> intent there seems to be like a little i don't off. see
2: that as the what the makers of this movie uh set out to do but i think someone kind of brought something right no to no no that maybe isn't there but yeah i think that where I'm getting at is I think the movie does invite interpretation, even though some of them may yep. not make as much sense yep. as others. I think it, it it invites you to come in and, and certain things will be more prominent to you. Certain things will kind of fly under the radar. Um, like you, like you said, watching it several times, like different things come to mind. I think it invites kind of looking well, at it from side. different perspectives. Um, like
0: all art. And some people will have a real off the wall, but you know, that's, that's your personal experience that you bring to yeah. it. So
2: totally
1: yeah it's a gorgeous film though and highly encourage it i didn't have the like heart rate going super high the second time watching it i was just more in awe of it quite honestly but that first watch was yep. just like like an experience like i hadn't had in so long like just that that ride it took me mm-hmm. on that mm-hmm. thing where you have no idea that's where you're gonna go and then oh fuck that's where you're going and that's where you are that's, that's where, where I you went, went. i went there (laughs) well this is um a first on here but out of five ejaculating
0: penises
1: (laughs) how many would you give stranger by the lake jeremy i'm going to start with you this
0: time um so this rating will also come with a disclaimer because i feel like this is a movie that i hadn't Come, Thank come! You. I'm coming on the disclaimer right now. Um, it, it gave me a similar experience that I had to watching Ari Esther's work for the first time: Hereditary, or Midsummer, or um, I'm trying to think. I had another movie that I always go to. Oh, Possession! The first time I saw that, where I'm like, it's very good, but I felt like I was hit by a train because of like the emotional impact of the thing so i obviously mm-hmm. i'm going to rate it well i'm giving it four um but over time i'm sure it'll it'll probably retroactively go back and be like it's a five star movie what the fuck was i thinking you know something like that so
3: it, it, it takes yeah. so up. i think i think up. that's
0: where i'm going to land right now as i'm processing uh and then i'll probably rewatch it and it'll probably continue to go up on re-watches so
3: and what about you ian I've never come across a half come. ejaculating penis in my life, <laughs> but I'm about to give it four and a half ejaculating penises <laughs> yeah. out of five.
0: I think you can. I think you can do a half. You know? Yeah, you can. It half it's possible.
3: Yeah, yeah, half you can. Penis or half
2: Both. ejaculate? That's Both. the question, um, <laughs> right? I know. Question. <laughs> <that's... Both. laughs> Yeah, I mean, on this scale, I want to go the full five stars just because of the, the scale that we're working with. But yeah, I'm also at a uh, four and a half ejaculating penises out of five, whatever that uh, looks like. And send me the pictures. Um, <laughs> uh, this I'm I'm pretty stingy. Like I said, Masterpiece, I'm still not going the full i I've rated everything I've ever seen. I've given less than 100 movies five stars. So four and a half for me is like absolutely rave. I'm going out of my mind.
1: Uh, I get is-
0: fives freely, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm also going four and a half, so I'm right there with um, the two of you and Jeremy. You'll get there one day.
0: Yeah, sure, and I'll, I'll, I'll. It'll be a news brief <laughs> on a future episode where <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> this just in,
1: I've broke my news. rating. <laughs> well, we have one more
0: scare of approval.
1: Right. So thanks for the double-fisted scare of approval, gents. That's
3: what we it's live for. Fits the bill. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so much. This might be our longest episode ever, and I'm all for it. I love it. Yes. Um, Tell everybody how they can find you, both your show and um, however else you want them to follow you. (laughs)
3: <laughs> um i'm in the park every night <laughs> 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 this lovely beach in <laughs> Ooh, this lovely sandy ass beach no um <clears throat> i am on instagram uh but it's it's just for plants but it's it's philodendrian is the handle but you can also find me on letterboxd under the handle ian till nick and then obviously um, our podcast that I do with Christian Estabrook.
2: Yeah, it's only a podcast everywhere. So if you put that into Instagram or Twitter or Letterboxd, uh, or most importantly, any podcast player, uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, all the freak show ones, uh, it's only a podcast. Uh, we're there. Uh, oh, speaking of, of of our show, Ian, we're doing the Into the Woods right now. We're talking about forest-based horror movies. Did not even realize... Um, we picked two forest movies for scaring the sharing here. <laughs> Stranger by the Lake is a beach movie in my mind, but there's a lot of forests. Oh, there's a the forest. Yeah. Like they're yeah. both forest movies. We did did that on accident. Nope. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, definitely definitely follow the show. Uh, if you want any of just me, I'm at another X-T-I-N. That's also on all of um, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd as well. Follow us on Letterboxd. I'm glad to see you guys use Letterboxd as well. It's Speaking so fun of to- That's how I stock others.
0: I'm a movie obsessive, so it's like social media that's only about opinions about movies. (laughs) Like this is what I was living for. Like I don't care about any other stuff that's on social media. So yeah, I'm hooked.
1: Now, if you want to go back to your beginning episodes, I have to go to your website. Is there a reason like that, that that can you only have so many episodes on iTunes?
2: Yeah, I think our um our the service that we use Libsyn, there's um, it, it keeps track of them forever, but there's only a certain ones that gets pushed to the RSS feed. Ah. Um, so if you go to it's only a podcast.libsyn.com, libsyn is L I B S Y N. You can listen to all, what did I say? 206. You can go back and find all of them. I think it's around 150 or so stay in Apple Podcasts or wherever. Um, so you can find a lot of the most recent ones there, but all of them are available at the URL. Um, but Thank you so much for inviting us, guys. Yeah. This is our yeah, first uh, guest appearance. And... Oh my
1: god! This oh, so uh, exciting! I'm wonderful. Glad we
0: could uh, pop your cherries for your first. <laughs> oh, much appreciated. Well, first this crossover.
3: The, this is the sexiest episode I've ever recorded on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I hope,
0: I hope it wasn't a halfie. I hope it was a A whole
1: star. And two straights and two gays watching a couple of really queer movies. I love that. Yeah, things get
0: wild. (laughs) Watch what happens.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you both so much, so much for coming on here. Everyone, please go listen to It's Only a Podcast. If you go to their website, you can download them and listen to them when you swim, which is what I do occasionally. That's how I definitely got into them. So listen to them and write them write them a horror Yes, spawned
3: yes. with write our horror. Write us
1: a <laughs> And yes, write <laughs> us as well. Scaring sharing at gmail.com. Yes. Follow us on Instagram, scaring is sharing. And thank you so much for coming again, gents. And uh, keep talking about scary movies. Because scaring is sharing. <laughs> and um, hail Paymon, everybody.
0: And remember guys, evil dies tonight.
1: And Ian, will you take us out with your little closing as well, even though it's not your podcast? sure
3: (laughs) and remember to keep from fainting just keep telling yourself it's only a podcast and scaring is sharing
2: (laughs) i love it thank you
3: nailed it
1: bye scaring is sharing scaring is sharing
3: This has been a production of Plan and Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.